wanted to uh, share that with you. So let me start off by just saying that the thoughts that Kenny brought around the table actually help with this lesson, the idea that he brought, the idea that in our minds, the, the knowledge that we have, right and wrong, you know, and making a decision and the guilt that we feel over decisions that we make. And so I want to start just to use a little illustration here. Imagine, if you will, a man goes in to a grocery store. He's there to get a few items of groceries. His wife has sent him out to go get these things. And he goes in there and he's at the back of the store. And while he's at the back of the store, he notices that somebody has come in and is trying to rob the store. And he can see it. He's peeking around down the aisle and he sees the man up there trying to rob the store. At that very moment, he has a choice. He has a decision to make of what he's going to do. And he can do right or he can do wrong. He can choose to ignore it, wait for the robber to leave and just, and then leave. Or he can make a choice to do something at that very moment. He can pick up his phone and he can dial 911. So at that very moment, what has he done? He has made a judgment. He has made a judgment. He has made a decision to do something. He has made a choice. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to be talking about judging. We often hear people quote the Bible and say, judge not lest ye be judged. We, we hear people say it all the time, or don't judge me, or we're not supposed to judge people. And people say this. But what does the Bible say on this subject? What does God say? It's one thing for what I think. It's one thing for what I feel. But what does God think? And what does God feel? And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. So I'd like to start with defining what the word judge means or judging someone. And I think that's important. And this can't be according to what we think and what we feel. But this is what we, this is what we see in the world. This is what people in the world, many people in the world, think that judging someone means. They tend to think it means being critical of another. So when you hear somebody saying, oh, you're, you're judging me, the person is really saying, you're being critical of me. Being self-righteous. So persons think, oh, you're being self-righteous. Setting our own standards on someone else. You know, don't judge me. That's your standards. That's not mine. Being prejudiced and sometimes racist. I've heard that before. Somebody say, oh, you're, you're judging me. You're, you're being racist. Well, is that the case? And this one, according to the dictionary, to quickly form a bias and or personal opinion about someone or something. And there are other, other definitions. You know, if you ask somebody, what do you think the word judge means, to judge somebody, I'm sure you'll get a, another definition, one that's not even here. But these are the ideas that the people in the world get as far as what judging means. In their eyes, this is what judging is. But when it comes down to it, a lot of people think that judging means a person is being mean. That's the view that they have. You're being mean. You're judging me. You're not being very loving. And that's the idea that people have. These are human definitions, human interpretations of what it means to judge. But as Christians, we know that we're supposed to judge according to what the Word says. We need to have the biblical definition of what judging is. So, that's what we want to look at right now. The word judge can be found 80 times throughout the New Testament. In the translation that I have, the newer translations of the NIV, have the word judge about 80 times. And the Greek word used means to distinguish or to decide, to determine or to come to a conclusion. So these are the definitions of the Greek word that is translated judge in our Bibles. And so we're to distinguish, decide, determine, 
Make a conclusion based on what? Obviously the word of God. We use the word of God to do that, to distinguish, to decide, to determine, to make a conclusion. So are we wrong to judge another person? And that's the question, to judge. So as one commentator said, and, and I'll be using some of his material in my lesson here, he said, the truth of the matter is judging is both condemned and commended in the Bible. It is prohibited and commanded. But how can this be if, as Christians commonly claim, the scriptures are inspired of God and thus do not conflict one another? The answer is a very simple one. The concept of judging is employed in different senses in sacred literature. We see the word judge and we see judging done differently in scriptures. And so what we're going to look at is we're going to look at two different ways. So we're going to look at when is judging condemned. And then later on, we're going to look at when is judging correct. When is it okay? So let's start with looking at our passage this morning, Matthew chapter 7. And in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 5, we want to read these verses and go through them. And here's what we read. I'm just going to read verse 1, just so that I want to make a mention of something. So verse 1 of Matthew chapter 7, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. Oftentimes, people like to quote this scripture, and they stop there. They don't read any further. They don't say anything else. But you can't take one verse out of context. Context tells you what it's talking about. So when we read that verse in context, if we read those seven verses together, we get a bigger picture. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, you may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Okay, so we'll stop there, first five verses. So, as I said, a lot of people like to read that first verse, and they stop there, and they say, see, the Bible says, don't judge. But we have to read the whole section. We have to know what that whole, thing, that whole section, what that passage is talking about. So, a lot of Jews in the first century were guilty of being hypocrites. You know, Jesus talks about in Matthew 23, standing on the street corners, praying for men to see them, and such, etc. There's lots of things that Jesus had to say about Jews being hypocrites. Not pra- they're saying one thing, but not practicing it. And they themselves doing the same thing. So what we're talking about here is hypocritical judging is condemned. That's what talking, it's talking about in that section. How can we judge somebody and tell them they're wrong if we're doing the same thing? How can we judge someone and tell them they're wrong if we're doing something even worse than what they're doing? That particular sin. So the same measure we use on others will be used on us. That's what that passage said. So when you judge, you need to use right Judgment. That's what it's saying in that passage. If you're going to judge someone, use right judgment. Use the word of God as the standard and judge somebody correctly. But don't be guilty of that same sin yourself if you're telling somebody they're wrong. So we have to be careful. We are all judged by the word of God. We need to handle the word of God correctly. So here's example number two. We look at John chapter 7, verses 21 to 24. So John chapter 7, verses 21 to 24. 
Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you are all amazed. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, although actually did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. So again, judge correctly. So as Albert Barnes explained about this section, he says, In appearance, to circumcise a child on the Sabbath might be a violation of the law, yet you do it and it is right. That's what he's telling them. So, to appearance, it might be a violation of the Sabbath to heal a man, yet it is right to do works of necessity and mercy. We might remember that God says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. To be merciful on the Sabbath day was okay. It wasn't considered work. And so, the healing on the Sabbath mentioned in this passage here is referring to the man healed at the pool of Bethesda that we read in chapter 5. You might remember where he's sitting on the side of the pool and he says, I can't get in and You know, everybody rushes in before me. Well, Jesus heals him. And so that's the miracle that he's talking about. So Jesus does this miracle, and everybody's amazed. And everybody's following Jesus around, and and they have to know who he is. But the Jews, the Jews are upset because the Jews are afraid that these people are all going to follow after Jesus. Look, he performed a miracle. They're listening to him instead of us. And so the Jews are upset about the matter. And so they get after him. They try to find a technicality to get after him and say, you worked on the Sabbath. Instead of actually looking at what happened and thinking about, okay, if you can do this, then you must be God the Son. Oh, you you performed a miracle. Ah, well, only God can do that. So they're not really looking clearly. They're not cluing into who Jesus is. And so, the healing on the Sabbath mentioned was what they were, were accusing him of. It was, it was ridiculous is what it was. It was senseless. In John chapter 5, verses 16 to 18, it says, So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not, not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but it, he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. This is what they were upset about. They're like, well, you're not God. Who do you think you are? Right? So these are the same Jews we read about here in this section. And so the miracle that Jesus did testified to who he was, and they didn't like it. So these Jews were hung up on the fact that he did this miracle on the Sabbath. They viewed it as work, but they were blind to who he was and the good that he was doing. And so as I mentioned before, God desires mercy, not sacrifice. So in this passage, we learn that superficial judging is condemned. Superficial judging is condemned. Judging by mere appearances, not looking deeper, not thinking about it. They should have looked deeper, they should have realized who he was, and they should have realized that what he'd done was good. It wasn't work. And so, one article written by a member of the church, his name is Wayne Jackson, and I use some of his material for this lesson. So on the subject of judging, he says this, let it be made clear, the type of judging that is condemned in the New Testament is not the righteous exposure of error or wickedness, or even the rebuke of a particular false teacher. Rather, it consists of that which is done hypocritically, superficially, and in hostility. So being hostile, we can be guilty of judging somebody with hostility in our hearts, and we could be wrong. So that's the kind of judging that is condemned, that we're not supposed to do. We're not supposed to do this. But how about judging that is commanded? 
that God does approve of. What about that? Well, let's take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And this is example number 1. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and take a look. We're going to read verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to read verses 9 to 13. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Verses 1 and 2 and then verses 9 to 13. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife and you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and have put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? Sexual immorality that even unheard of even among the pagans. Even the pagans weren't doing this. This was extreme. The man had his father's wife. Obviously, this was not his mother. Obviously, his father had remarried, and he had his father's wife. And so we continue in verses 9 to 13. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. But now I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister but is sexually immoral or greedy or an idolater or slanderer or drunkard or swindler. Do not even eat with such a person. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked person from among you. So we're told right here that we are to judge each other in the church, not those outside the church, because they're lost. They don't know better. They haven't come to that understanding yet. But in the church, yes, we're to judge one another. We're to use God's word to judge one another, the standard. If I were to say to you, is getting drunk wrong? You would say, yes. How do you know that? Because the word of God tells me. Okay, if the word of God tells me, that means that we have to do that, right? We have to abstain from getting drunk, right? So if somebody's doing that, we, as a Christian, can come up to them and tell them, look, you know what scriptures say, and you know what's wrong. So we can judge them in that sense. We're not being critical. We're not being self-righteous. We're just trying to make sure they go to heaven. We're just trying to make sure that they are in line with the will of God. That's what we want to do. That's the kind of judging that God approves of. The church that belongs to Christ must judge each other according to the word. We heard a while ago, righteous exposure of error and wickedness. That is what is commanded. We are supposed to expose it. God expects us, if we're going to wear the name Christian, to live by his word. You can't call yourself a Christian and not live according to Christ. It just doesn't make any sense, right? We can't do that. So that is the standard by which we are to live and we are to judge each other. The word of God. This is righteous judging. Righteous judging. Take a look, if you will. In chapter 6, verses 1 to 5. And notice what it says. If any of you has a dispute with another, do you dare take it before the ungodly for judgment instead of before the Lord's people? Or do you not know that the Lord's people will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the things of this life Therefore, if you, have, if you have disputes about such matters, do you ask for a ruling from those whose way of life is scorned in the church? I say this to shame you. Is it possible that there is nobody among you wise enough to judge a dispute between believers? 
So we are supposed to have good judgment. The word of God, we're supposed to use that. And we're supposed to judge matters in the church. If two members here are fighting, are we going to go to court to deal with it? Or is it something that should be handled just among the two? Can we not use God's word as judgment to be able to judge matters, all matters, of what is right and what is wrong? God's word gives us everything that we need to be able to live a righteous life, to be able to live for Christ, and to be able to know how to help one another to get to heaven. And that's what we need to do. And so, for anyone who would say we aren't supposed to judge others, what are we supposed to do with what we just read? We're told we're to judge angels. Imagine, one day we will. Why would the Apostle Paul say that? Why would he say that we're supposed to judge one another? Judging is not very loving. That is it mean, or is it? Do we want to see somebody go to heaven or not? So you tell me, is that mean or not? First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21 says this. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21. Hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. Hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. How do, we, how do we decide what is good and what is evil? If we are to hold on to what is good and reject what is evil, how do we know what is good that we're supposed to hang on to and what is evil that we're supposed to reject? And, of course, it all comes back to the Word, the Word of God. This is what we use. As Christians, this is our standard. This is our rule book for our lives, and this is what we're supposed to do. So in order to judge what is good and what is evil, it takes discernment. It takes judgment. But it can't be our own judgment. It has to be God's judgment. We judge what is good and what is evil according to what the word of God says. So one final point I'd like to make, and then we will end. No one has the right to tell someone they're going to hell. God is the ultimate judge. God is the one who will say who is going to heaven or hell. That right, that right lies with God alone. However, we can tell someone what the word of God says. According to the word, if a person has not obeyed the gospel, if they have not been forgiven of their sins, that person stands condemned. If we tell someone that, it's not us telling them that. It's God that is telling them that. We have to tell people what the word of God says. We can't hold it back for fear that we might hurt their feelings, for fear that they might reject us. We want to see people saved. We need to share that truth with people, the gospel, the good news. And so... I finish with this last comment. Remember, if we are Christians, the word of God, we have to use that to judge what is right and what is wrong. Didn't we do that when we obeyed the gospel? Didn't we wrestle that with that when we heard the good news? And Didn't we make the decision, a judgment, to be right with God? And in the same way, that's, we need to use the word of God and uphold it to judge. And so, if you're here today, if you have not made a judgment, if you have not chosen to come to Christ to have your sins forgiven, won't you make that judgment, that decision today and come forward as we have our invitation song? Please stand as we sing our last song in the morning.